This is Miller's Edge on Tide Miller's Edge with Christian Miller, two-time national champion and team captain for the Alabama Crimson Tide and former Carolina Panther and his father, Corey Miller, the pastor of pain, a nine-year NFL veteran with the New York Giants and University of South Carolina Hall of Famer. This is the Miller's Edge. of the Miller's Edge right here on Tide 100.9, 12.30 a.m. WTBC. You know we always like to kick it off with Darius Rucker. Appreciate that, Justin. If I could have told you how many times <laughs> I heard that song growing up, like when I when I tell you, like literally, like my dad, and obviously we all know, he he references Darius, Hootie, all. I mean, and they, they're, they're great friends, so I, I get it. But it's like when I tell you, I feel like that's all I heard Coming through the speakers as a kid, just growing up, like I feel like every Hootie and the Blowfish song is like ingrained in my head at this point. I can I can only imagine because <laughs> if I just think about growing up, as much as that song was played on the radio and getting in the car or just listening to music at my house as well, it seems like it was everywhere. So it's probably twice as much, three times as much for you. Yeah, no, and, and it's cool. I love it. You know, being from South Carolina, those guys are Carolina guys. You know, Darius Rucker and and well, you know, you backtrack. You know, he was with Hootie and the Blowfish. That's, you know, his claim to fame, so to speak. They went to school with my dad. We all know the story about this. But but they went to school at Carolina with my dad. They were good friends there. When my dad got done playing, he actually was, like, on tour with them, like, quote, unquote, their bodyguard or security is, is was his title. I mean, he did actually do that. But, I mean, I think it was more so, like, hanging with the boys, and they just wanted to give him a title. Like, hey, there's this, there's a really big guy that follows us around, so he's our right. security. Yeah, yeah. Because they, they had an actual security guard, which, I, again, he I guess he was actual security. Let me not downplay. He was security. But they act, they had a, a real security guy named Buddy. Awesome dude, man. Buddy wasn't necessarily – he's not as tall, you know. For So he's a big dude. Like, I mean, Buddy works out. I mean, Buddy's probably Buddy's probably 60 now. But I guarantee you, he's still probably repping 225 on that bench. Like, it's not like Buddy was one. He's just jacked, man. One super tall, though. Buddy's probably like 5'11". But he, they had him who was like security security. Then I guess you just had my dad who was like bonus security, so to speak. I, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, so, yeah, growing up, I mean, I, I feel like I know all the Hootie songs. Then obviously, you know, Darius does country now. Really good artist. Um but anyway, with that being said, I mean, I mean I'm sure everybody's kind of heard of I feel like Hootie and the Blowfish, like you hear their music all the time in like stores now. Like it's just kind of, you don't have to, originally it was, you know, huge, everybody in Carolina, first of all, if you go to South Carolina, North Carolina, like, they're obsessed with Hootie and the Blowfish. 
I'm, I'm sure. I mean, you're from Florida. I mean, did, did you hear? You heard a good well, one. My family's from Alabama, but like, oh shoot, grew up all over the country. Um, I wasn't as familiar with Hootie and the Blowfish as I was Darius Rucker himself. When he split, country. yeah. Um, and I, my mom was explaining me this the other day. They were like, she was like, Hootie and the Blowfish. We were listening, driving to the SEC championship game. Mm-hmm. Hootie and Blowfish comes on, but it was on the pop station, and I was like. That doesn't make any sense. She's like, this was pop back in the day. I was like, wow. That, that, but that's that. a fair point, though, because, I, I mean, Hootie and Blowfish, I, they were kind of like a tweener. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't country. You know what I mean? But it, it wasn't really pop, in my opinion, either. It was kind of yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we ask my brother. Good music, music, regardless. Great music. Great music. I mean, you talk about I mean, anytime you go to a, what are they, like a tailgate or... Um, any of those functions, like like the what do they call like uh, not like the celebrity golf tournaments, those things where they're doing like fundraisers and things. I mean, like it's hootie everywhere. Anyway, enough about hootie. But it is Thursday, so we had to bring it up. But we mentioned that we were probably going to start breaking down this game. Uh, I think I think it's it's okay to start talking about. It. I don't think we're jumping the gun. I think everybody's kind of been talking about it. We had just kind of pumped the brakes because we wanted to have some stuff to talk about, but. Um, we can finally talk about Alabama, Michigan. I guess my dad gave us the green light. I tried talking about it a few days ago, but he, <laughs> he pumped the brakes on me. So, but we got the green light. So today, if you guys want to talk Alabama, Michigan, uh, the floor is open. 205-342-9904 is the number. Um, just looking at this matchup, I, I honestly like the matchup between the two teams. I think it's a, a matchup between two really good defenses. You know, we can go through all the numbers. We got plenty of time to do that, but, um, really, man, I, th- I think it's going to be another good test, but, I, I don't know, man. I, I respect Michigan. You know, I think they're a good football team. I, you know, I, I do think they have one of the, they, I don't think they do have one of the top defense in the country. Um, but again, when you watch the way Alabama played in that SEC championship going against another solid defense that Georgia had, I mean, I don't know if, if Justin, I don't know if you saw or if anybody listened, if y'all really watched, but like the trench play, like our offensive line was manhandling those, those Georgia defensive linemen. Uh, did you see any of those clips? Yeah, dominated. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's what the the talk was a lot was around K- I'm on this show on Caden Proctor. Uh, yeah, the narrative around him, the way the narrative around the whole team, of course. But Caden Proctor, as much hate as he got at the start of the season, completely flipped it around. Um, and I I think the one clip I keep seeing is the one that they called I think holding on mm-hmm. when it wasn't holding is Jaden Roberts and Seth McLaughlin and they that's put that call. dude in the dirt. Bad call. Um, that's called physicality. I mean, yeah, that, and, that, that and that's coming from a de- defensive guy. And I, I hate when offensive linemen, you know, oh, they're it's trying to be dirty and they're, yeah. they're, but here's the, here's the thing. And I don't know if, if it necessarily pertains to that specifically, but I also saw something else where, where people were criticized. And so the rule is if an offensive lineman has his hands inside, like the numbers in the shoulder pads, they can, they can technically hold, right? They can, they can get a grip on you. That's not holding. I'll see people from like opposing teams. They'll like screenshot clips of like our linemen doing that. Their their hands are inside, legally inside. They got a grip on somebody. I think even like uh, against Auburn, I saw some people like, oh, they didn't call any of these holds. I'm like, that's not holding. And that's coming from an edge guy. I hated it because I mean, in my opinion, in my head, I'm like, do these dudes hold me? But realistically, the rule is if his hands are inside, that's not holding. Now when they're outside, that's holding. But as a defender, you can't let them get. That grip on you. That's, that's why Aaron Donald. That's why Aaron Donald dodges knives and stuff in the training. <laughs> right. So like, because of course I'm not one to talk on this, especially talking to you. No, but no, when, but no. When that's, you that's get true. your hands in there, you're done. Yeah, you no. Know? I mean, if they get their hands inside, yeah, no. I mean, you can't. 
There's no complaining. That's part of the game. But um, just speaking of offensive line play, man, uh, looking forward to the Michigan game, that's going to be imperative, right? we got to have that type of offensive line play to carry over. We saw that against Georgia. That's what me and Justin were just talking about. If you go back and watch, I mean, things were just opening up like the Red Sea, largely in part because the, the offensive line, man, you talk about physicality. I said that was going to be the key in, in that Georgia game. The, the most physical team is probably going to win that game. That's how it always works out. And to see uh, Alabama just dominate and out-physical Georgia, I mean, it was a sight to see. And, and when you play that type of football, that brand of football, which is Alabama football, I mean, it's, 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 it's hard to lose like that. So with that being said, you carry that over against this Michigan team, who is a very solid team, especially defensively. I mean, if you look at... Michigan's numbers defensively, I mean, they're, they're up there with everybody. I mean, points per game allowed, they're first in FBS 9.5. Total yards per game, they're second with 239.2. Passing yards per game, only 152.6. That's second. Rushing yards per, per game, 86.6. That's sixth. And 20-plus yards uh, plays, they're tw- uh, they got 29. That's second. So you're talking about a really stout defense. A defense has played really well all season. However, um, you know, it's 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 – it's hard to argue when you have offensive line play like we saw Alabama play in the late the 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 final few games and specifically against that Georgia game. That that's what you're going to need against a, a team like Michigan, right? Because they are they, they've got a very solid group defensively, but that's what it's going to take. I, I, when I look at this game, I'm looking at the offensive line, and I think Jalen Milrow can have a big impact. And then ultimately, don't turn the football over. Michigan's done a good job as well with that. Real quick, are, are you going to be in Pasadena for the game, Christian, with the Crimson Tide Sports Network? That's a good question. So I'm trying to I'm trying to figure that. Pro- probably not, just because it's so much travel. Um, Far away. <laughs> yeah. And then you talk about all the dogs I got. I'd had to get that figured out. And when you talk about like a West Coast type travel, like now if you're traveling with the team specifically, um, it's a little bit easier because you, you know what I mean. You're kind of everything's kind of direct. You just get on right. You, you get, get told it, where to go, and then you told end up where there. to go, and you. <laughs> Dude, you know, it's funny, like, as a athlete, or if you're just, you know, associated with, like, an athletics program, you almost forget how it is just to travel. Now, I hate to say, like, a normal person, because you're a normal person, whether you're with athletics or not, but the standard, uh, traditional style of travel, where, you know, you have to go check in, board, do all, you know what I mean? Like, with athletics, and I'm sure people know this, but if you don't, I mean, you literally just take the bus, like, straight to the airport, and then you're already like pre-checked and all that good stuff. They just look at your ID. Then you just get straight. You just go straight to the plane, like straight to the plane. You get on the plane. There's no stops. Like you just go straight to where you're going. So if you're going to Pasadena, these guys are literally. In, if it's going to be a bigger plane, since it's a, a longer trip. So if I remember correctly, we have to leave from Birmingham with those bigger planes, especially because the families go too. So there's a lot more people. Um, but typically, we leave from Tuscaloosa Airport. You just go straight to the Tuscaloosa Airport. We ride the bus over there. You go show your ID, get on the plane, you just go. This will bust up to Birmingham. Same thing, though. We're not going through everything else. <laughs> We're just going probably straight. police escort straight to the police airport. escort straight. Yep. That's exactly right. Get on there. You go. You straight shot to California. So, with all that being said, I, I just I think it'd be kind of a lot just a, a lot. I mean, it, it honestly would turn into probably almost a week trip, which would be great, but just so I kind of got a lot. No, going no on. worries. And then real quick before we uh, can get to the phones. I think the biggest part that I, when I look at the Alabama-Michigan game is going to be our defense stopping the run. We saw against Auburn. No doubt. That was a problem. And we know that Michigan, I think uh, Blake Corum, their running back, he, he gives me flashes of, uh, especially as a Seahawks fan, nightmares even, of Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> um, 
he's hey, he's oh, fast. I, that's the way. Whoa, man. Uh, C, okay, C, okay. C Mac. No, hold on, I'll let you finish. But C Mac, that's a that's a big comparison, Justin. It, it is, and I'll take the heat <laughs> for it. Um, frankly, it's because he's a he's a white dude who can do it. Okay? <laughs> that's that's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> well, I know. Look, I know. I, I get your drift, but dude, when I, I'm not even gonna go off on this road, but Christian McCaffrey, man. Dude, we not we talk about running backs, and we're gonna start talking a little more NFL, especially you know with with things kind of slowing down college football wise. But I was talking to matter of fact, I was talking to Chris Braswell about this. We were talking about running backs. I don't know how this came up, and we were talking about the like, best running back in the NFL. And I was like, dude, Christian McCaffrey, like hands down, like and I love Derek. I love his style. I love that. That I love Josh Jacobs. Right? Like, there's so many good backs. Saquon Barkley. I mean, Nick Chubb before he's injured. I mean, so many good backs. But Christian McCaffrey, man, you talk about pound for pound. Just Mr. Do-It-All. I mean, and, and he's a workhorse. I mean, he, no, nobody can cover him one-on-one, in my opinion. No linebacker. Any, just phenomenal. But anyway, that being said, that's that's some high praise. But you're, you're right. Though, yeah. they, they do have a really good running game, and uh, that running back quorum is, is really, uh, really talented himself. Are you, are you just drawing that up again? I know you were saying in the trenches, but I, I think, again, for fixing that problem, it's going to be in the trenches again just on the defensive side. Yeah, I mean, and – and it's, it, you know, it almost sounds like a broken record when you do these keys, you know what I mean? Because it's like, all right, what are the keys for this game? And then it's like, you almost feel like Opens, you just, Offensive line. You know what I mean? Like, don't play. turn the ball all over trench play. But but it's true, especially when you look. I mean, because those are just basic fundamentals in football. Now, if you really want to deep dive, you can say, all right, they've got this certain guy. You've got to, you know, eliminate him as a factor, all this. But, but realistically, especially when you're talking about two teams that pride themselves in physicality, they pride themselves in running the football. I mean, like, all right, let me give you an example. You look at Michigan in their, their last few games, man. I, I don't, I think their quarterback, and I got this, this is coming from Josh Pate, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think it was like the last four games, or maybe, maybe it was total, actually. Uh, actually, no, this was total, but, uh, basically he was just talking about how, um, Michigan really, like, they hadn't really relied even on their passing game as much, right? Like, their quarterback was barely passing for over a hundred and something yards. They really were just trying to pound the football. And, realistically that's what Alabama wants to do now obviously we kind of you know shifted into a shot team early on in the season when running game wasn't really there but if you're talking about where Alabama is right now right after you know gone through all those trials and tribulations kind of figuring things out now Alabama has really established their run game we're back to playing very physical up front we still can take those shots we're just taking less of them which isn't a bad thing that's a good thing because that's what this team was built to be. There's a reason these coaches went out and recruited these these big old guys for the offensive line. They wanted to be a physical running team. And so now that's what we're getting. Michigan's a, a very similar team. We're talking about two really talented defenses. Um, yeah, so to answer your question, I, I think this matchup is really going to come down to the, the, the more dominant team in the trenches, both offensively and defensively. Because, um, that's again, I mean, the same thing like with Georgia. I mean, it's a similar situation. And, and what happened? Alabama was the more dominant team in the trenches. They were the more physical team, and who won the football game? You see what I mean? Like, there's correlations with it. It, it, it but I get it, it does get redundant. But um, now you're, you're right, Justin. I think the trenches definitely play a big part uh, when you look at this. And I hate even going off numbers, but I mean, if you are a Michigan fan, I would be a little concerned. Jim Harbaugh's record in, in post uh, <laughs> postseason uh, action is not the best. And I even just go back to when Michigan. Uh, we're watching the the live um, announcements for the college football playoffs, and their reaction told me everything I needed to hear. Right, the, their reaction to when Alabama was uh, in at number four, 
over Florida State and all the gasps and the, oh, no, like it was almost like they were terrified, like their their worst nightmare came true. And so to me, from a mentality standpoint, if I'm Alabama, I'm licking my chops. Now, obviously, you can't just base everything off of that. But these do like you, you ought to know these guys don't want to play. you. They, they were they were hoping that they would get a week in Florida State with back. Well, they were with a third string quarterback. They probably would be with the second string quarterback. But still, that's what they're hoping for. But they didn't get that. They got big, bad Alabama who's playing their best football yet. And they don't want any parts of it. And so I'll wrap all that up to say, and this is just our initial thing. We'll dive into a lot deeper stuff. But if Alabama plays the way they played against Georgia in terms of being physical, being dominant, right, being aggressive defensively, attacking, right, not sitting there and cat like going and getting it, I'll be honest. I, I can see us winning by double digits. I, I truly can. Now, that's... That might be a hot take, but I'm just being honest. Now, for that to happen, offensively, we're going to have to really be prepared because, again, you're facing a really good defense. But defensively, I'll be honest, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not too concerned. I think our defense is going to come to play. What do you think about that, Dad? I, I hear you in the background. Yes, it is a careless boy, Darius Rucker. Thursday edition, and you know what I just did? I fumbled. I am playing Uber for my wife. I just left the doctor and all that. So, and I totally forgot about the right time. I talked to Stephen M. Smith, who's going to join us at 11:40. But I was thinking it was 11:40 here instead of you know on the clock hour here instead of the 12 o'clock hour. So, apologies first of all. But I think a lot about that. I know we had up against our first break. I got a lot to say about that. I'm surprised that you actually said double digits. You can see that happening. That's a bold, bold. People know you. That's like. Stepping out on a cliff and looking over because you you're very cautious. Hey, but, I, I said can. <laughs> I know, I know, but the fact that you even said that, and I will say this, I don't even totally disagree with you because I actually don't see Michigan being that great. I'll talk about that. I'll tell you why, uh, but it will be a tough game, and I'll tell you why it's the perfect matchup for Alabama, but not so much for the Wolverines and Coach Kakapan. So. Uh, that's what I got for you. I hate to come and just take over, but you want to take some breaks that you started? Go right ahead. Sure. Why not? Well, that was a good first segment. Appreciate Justin uh, going back and forth. With Thank me you, for Justin a little bit. Jones. No doubt about that. But <clears throat> we're going to take a quick time out before we do that. I've got to remind you about our partners over at Spine and Sport Chiropractic. If you're in need of that adjustment, that realignment, get get to feeling brand new. Need to get your neck, you know, cracked or loosened up. Get that uh, waterbed action over there that that feels so great. Or go get some cupping done. I love getting cupping done. Head on over to Spine and Sport Chiropractic right here in the heart of West Alabama. They treat all types of injuries, sports-related trauma, and more right here at Spine and Sport Chiropractic. Again, if you're in need of this type of relief, contact Dr. Brian McDonald and his team at 205-345-8102. Again, they'll have you feeling brand new. Trust me, they 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 make miracles happen over at Spine and Sport Chiropractic. So go check them out. Great people and great services there at Spine and Sport Chiropractic. Again, we're going to take a quick time out. You're listening to the Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9, 12:30 a.m. WTBC. We are presented by the Good Feet Store, America's art support experts. Be right back after a quick time out. Hey, 
this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars. The side 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A mostly sunny afternoon, the high today 62, fair tonight with a low of 38. Tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny with a high of 61. And for Saturday, the weather will stay dry, but clouds will increase during the day, the high at 61. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 60 degrees in Tuscaloosa. edition of the Miller's Edge, a.k.a. Carolyn's Boy, for the album uh, of Darius Rucker that my dad always loves to reference. And there he goes. I knew it was coming. I knew, I knew, I knew it was coming. You're listening to Miller's Edge at 100.9, 1230 AM WTBC, presented by the Good Feet Store, America's arch, our support experts. Again, if you are in any type of pain, foot pain, knee pain, or back pain, which I'm feeling a little back pain right now. I'm not going to lie. I went to the gym yesterday and hit legs heavy. If you're in any type of that pain, head on over to the Good Feet store. Go check out those premium art supports. They're designed to eliminate and alleviate all types of pain by getting that proper balance set up that you so desperately need. So go check them out. Right now, these things, I'm telling you, are great. They're great for all situations. Walking the dog, you know, running around, doing errands, going to the gym, playing golf, you name it. You pop these in, and uh, I'm telling you, you will notice uh, a huge shift in how you're feeling. So go check them out. Again, that's the Good Feet store right there in Midtown Village. Or you can always go to goodfeet.com to schedule an appointment. Again, that's Good Feet, improving the quality of people's lives two feet at a time. Yes, I did make the bold claim that I said Alabama, I feel, again, it's all subjective, could win. I said could. Win by, by, by 10 points or more only because, like, I'm kind of going down the path that you've said. I watch Michigan. They are a, a good football team, a solid football team. However, there's just a couple things, right? When I look at them and I've watched them a couple, couple, in a couple games now, they, they just don't really blow me away, right? I, I mean, I get it. I look at their, their, uh, their record this year, right? I mean, some notable games, I guess. I mean, um, I mean, uh, honestly, they ain't really Ohio State. They beat them thirty to twenty four. Iowa was great. No, I'm just saying. Like, I'm, I'm just looking at. Excuse me, just some of these games. I'm like, they they, they look good on paper, but when you watch them, I just I don't, I'm not blown away. And after seeing Alabama's potential in the SEC championship game, and I'm not trying to put all my eggs in that basket, but I always go off the belief: if you've done it once, you can do it again, right? And if they played the way they played against Georgia, and they ride that momentum, I, I I really think they could do that. Now, I think a couple things need to happen. They need to be dominant in the trenches like me and Justin talked about. They need to be the, that same type of physical that they were against Georgia with seeing guys fly, getting tossed out the club. Like we used to say, no white tees in the club. Georgia had on white tees, and they got tossed out the club, right? It's all over the Internet, and you don't want to be that guy on that clip. Trust me, it's not fun. <coughs> uh, yeah. and, then, and then, obviously, don't turn the football over. I mean, Michigan has a really good secondary. They got... It's a really good defense in general, um, but you're talking about a guy like Jalen Milrow. Now, he's just a different type of athlete. Again, like, I mean, I get they have a good defense, but I don't know if they faced a guy like Jalen Milrow, in my opinion. I, I think in it, if, yeah, it, yeah and, and I think if, if he's on his A game, he protects the football, and he's making explosive plays, right, using his athletic ability, I think he could give them fits, and I think we could see that type of game. Now, you said you had a lot of thoughts on that, so I'm going to leave the floor to you because I, I talked a lot in the first segment. So 
Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, I normally talk all the time. I don't have a problem to say that hey, I, I am a talking head because that's who I am. But that being said, <laughs> you, your points are valid, right? Your points are good. I love what you and Justin Jones had to say about that. Number one thing that I thought about when you were mentioning that y'all were talking about this game, this matchup, was the fact that, one, I just saw the X that one Jalen Milrow is returning back next year for 2024. I don't know why. We feel like we got to make an announcement for all these things now. I'm leaving. I'm going. I'm transfer portal. I'm taking a pee. I'm taking a dump. We got to tell people <laughs> everything that we're doing all of a sudden. But anyway, that being said, Jalen Miro is coming back. The Big Ten don't face these types of players. And the reason why you heard the the the, the grumblings, if you will, the, the oh, when Alabama, the number four team came out there, they were so hoping that it was going to be Florida State minus a Jordan Travis course. They knew that's pretty much an automatic win. They saw the last two weeks. They saw that this team is not that good. Everybody want to raise, oh, but they got defense. They ain't played nobody that really can attack that defense. Okay? But when they saw Alabama, a team that's headed and the trajectory is upward, and they're rolling, and they're playing great, and they got a mobile quarterback that runs a 4-3, and he's 235, and, and they got players on the outside, and they got good defense. They know this team is better than anybody that they have played up to this point, even the Ohio State University. So they know, even though they're at number one and poor Georgia got beat by Alabama in their backyard, a team that was just number one got beat, got control at the line of scrimmage, that everybody said that was the best team. That team, Alabama, just destroyed that team. So what do you think is going to happen now? They know they're up for the challenge. They're up to a big-time challenge. They know that they got a, a lot of stuff to defend. Alabama is a better team than Michigan. Let's just be real. Forget Texas laws. Don't tell me about that. Alabama is a better team. Now, that being said, here in lies the problem. Games in California, Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all. And this layover period, here's my concern. I'm going to get to Lewis and others on the phone lines, 205-342-9904. Don't forget to download the free app, Tide 100.9, and uh, you can ask questions there, leave a thought or a comment. That being said, listen, when you stop playing football, and I'm telling you this from a former player, and you've been rolling and you built up see, and you got things going and you're, you're finding out who you really are and your team is playing great ball, chemistry, everything is there. And then all of a sudden you, you go win the SEC championship, you horse the trophy, confetti falls, and then you got to pause. Now you got several weeks. Everybody's telling you how good you are. Everybody's telling you that you are probably the leader in the clubhouse to win the championship and all the rap poison, so to speak, that Nick Saban talks about. Here you are now, and you got to stop playing for a little bit. As a former player would tell you, you begin to get a little rusty. That's true. You begin to get a little rusty. You begin to get out of sync. So the biggest concern for me, we're going to get a lot more into that. I don't want to get so deep now with X and O's, and just, but just on the periphery. That because you stop, you got to start working out, you got to get in shape. Who knows what the guys are doing? They partying, they're saying, you know, and Buku and everybody else hanging out and, 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 and having fun. The SEC champs, is it going to be those guys that come back that's out of shape? That Dick Saban got to try to start the fire again? Or will this be a team that's Got great character that's focused, that said, you know what, man, I'm going to work out on my own. I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to stay in my playbook. I'm going to watch film of Michigan while we're away from the, from the complex. Is it going to be that team? 
That would be the biggest concern I would have, not who we have, because we are <clears throat> a more talented team. But who will that team be when they come back will be my concern. And I ain't going to really just talk about the matchup and who they play, but we already knew that the Big Ten, if you're, Penn, uh, if you're uh, Michigan, if you're Ohio State, Penn State, throw them in the mix, you got to win two games. Because the other side of the Big Ten is atrocious. Wisconsin, Iowa, who's always there. Iowa can't score points on me and you. And we tired and old and our back hurt and we wear orthotic from good feet. Right? <laughs> they can't score on us. But they play solid defense. So you beat that team, basically shut them out. If they can't score, they wear down. Then you win the playoffs. You beat Ohio State. That's the team. That's who Michigan had to beat. Either way, whatever team won, we've seen this for years. We played the Ohio State. We understand. We just won a national championship by beating the Ohio State. Blew them out. And I don't expect anything different. So that's what I got to say just on the initial with this matchup. We can talk about it and all that. But the reality is for people, when you're playing football and you've been playing all these weeks, man, and you're on a roll, you got things rolling. Now it's becoming easy. The game slows down. Then you got to stop. It can become a problem. And I think this is the thing that I want to to really alert the Alabama fan base about. Watch this team when they come back. Let's see what practice looks like. Let's see what Nick Saban's going to have when they really come back and start to get back on the field and put pads on. Then you got the holidays. Then you got to then you got to make a trip across the country. You got all these different changes, man. So there's a lot that goes into these games. Yeah, we know on paper who's the better team, who should win. But when you, when you factor in all of these other things, that can be a problem. 205-342-9904. I want to tell you that we do have Stephen M. Smith coming up in his own words. He's been talking a lot on the X. Uh, looking forward to that conversation during the next break. But before then, Chris, let's take some calls uh, and let's get right to it. Justin Jones, because uh, we've, we've been bad at the phone calls lately if we talk too much. But uh, is it Julio? Am I not saying that right? Uh, I think we got Lewis on here. I don't know. Lewis, uh, <laughs> Julio. Okay, I'm thinking of Julio Jones. I'm <laughs> no, I'm, I got to look it through my phone, so I just guessed. Guessed Sorry, Julio. Brother. That's, that's it. Welcome back. And welcome welcome in, Lewis. Yeah, guys. Hey, love the show. Um, Lewis, you, you know, could be Julio. I mean, which name you like best? <laughs> I wish I had his uh, bank account. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we love Julio. He's something, man. No doubt. <laughs> uh, boy, we got, but we got some, uh, we got some receivers and some in the pipeline that are, uh, they may not be Julio, but they're going to be awesome, man. The, and the guys we've got mm-hmm. have just come around this year. So proud of them. But here's my question, guys. You know, Alabama's defense, the defensive line, the run support did such a great job against Georgia. You know, 70-some-odd yards rushing. They didn't even crack 100. However, I'm not trying to be negative, but a week before, you know, Auburn had a lot of success running the ball. And I know Christian's down there on the field. And, Corey, you've got your professional uh, eye on it as far as a player and seeing things. Did they make adjustments? Did they scheme? Uh, what was the difference? Because that's, that's just a week you know, different in time of just a dominant performance after that rough time we had against Auburn. And uh, I'm just hoping we're going to keep heading in the right direction. But 
what do y'all think made the difference? And I'm going to hang up and listen, guys. Have have a good rest of your day. You too, Louis. Thank you, Louis. It all, no, as always, as always, really good question by Louis. Go ahead. Yeah, always. But let me say this because I do. We just learned from Donna. I might have some episodes of Fog and so apologize if I call somebody the wrong name. Um, Louis, I would tell you this. If somebody was talking about this, what Auburn did, what he freeze did was went back and one of the lesser opponents uh, and looked at them. I think it was Chattanooga. And looked at their tape and saw that there was areas of attack. And he implemented and changed some things in their scheme as far as the running game is concerned. And Alabama did not make adjustments very well. And teams are going to do that. So when you look at Michigan, they are not really that type of team. But to your point, Lewis, what has given Alabama's defense the most problem? LSU, Jane Daniels, Heisman Trophy winner, that offense run, ran the ball crazy on us. Auburn last year, right? Ran crazy over 200 yards. They ran for over 200 yards against Alabama again. What does Michigan do best with Quorum and McCarthy, their starting quarterback, who's athletic, who can run? That's what they do. They're not going to outrun you. They don't have the speed and athleticism to beat you deep and get these huge chunk plays. They're going to play great defense. They want to control the clock. They want to they, they Pound you, they want to spread you and still run encounters with, with the being spread. And these are the things that has hurt Alabama defensively. So you're right in your assessment and you're right in the fact that it should be a concern. What would Kevin Steele, T Rob, and these guys do defensively to make the necessary changes that that won't be a problem? Because here lies this game. If Alabama can stop the run, and make them very one-dimensional, right? And make McCarthy, J.D., who can throw it, but make them be a passing team, I don't think they have a chance in this world. Well, let, let me let me say one thing. I, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on, on the Auburn thing. Here, here's why. I think... Well, they, they said that. They, that's not my point. I was just told that. Who said that? They were breaking down the game, and they said Hugh Freeze took some stuff from Chattanooga in the run game and added it to the offense. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I said to to an extent. I, I'm not, when I said I don't, I'm, I know they definitely had some some runs that gave us issues, right? But I think first and foremost, you know, some plus yards worth of it. <laughs> right, just a little bit. Listen, this is what I'm trying to say. I think even more so, the biggest issue was they out physical us. If you go back and watch it, they out physical us. And we didn't get off blocks. I mean, like, look at the line of scrimmage when we played Auburn. Like, they were getting, I mean, we weren't getting any knockback hardly. We weren't getting off blocks. And they kept going to a lot of counter plays. But you're right. They, they, they do a good job of scheming up those runs. They, they, they'll go formation in the boundary. They'll get everybody overloaded to one side. They'll run counter opposite. And I'm telling you, when you play a team like Auburn, right, you got to be physical up front. Guys have to flow over the top. And you, it's imperative that your defensive backs are, are coming down and run support, right? Like they, they're, they're a huge piece. When you have all those lead blockers and guys getting on print, like that, that's what, that's all I'm saying. I think that was also a, a huge factor. You go back, back and then watch the Georgia game. I mean, we were getting knocked back. We were physical. We were getting off blocks. Guys were flying down. Dominating, field, the, line look, dominating the line of scrimmage. You look at Caleb Downs, Mount, these guys are flying down in run support. 
it's totally different, right? So that's all. When I say disagree, I I, I agree. You know, the way Auburn schemes are run, the running game, it definitely is a little bit different. And it will cause some issues, especially it seems like that is the case with Alabama. Uh, but if you, I'm telling you, if you really, I think first and foremost, I, I get the adjustments and whatnot, but it just, if you watch, man, we, we didn't, we look physical in the Auburn game. We weren't getting on blocks. Guys just looked right. like they weren't really aggressively flying downfield like we were against Georgia. So that's the only thing I had. So maybe not disagree with you, but I'll, I'll just add that because that, that to me stands out even more so than the adjustments. But you're right though. Well, Those adjustments do make I a big deal. I mean, huge. Teams still. I mean, they still, what other teams are doing, if they think they can have success. But let's have a break. When we come back, I love Thursday. Thursday, Thursday. We get my man Steven, not A. M. Pause. Smith, in his own words, the Bama Standard <laughs> TD Alabama Magazine. He will join us. We'll ask him some of these same questions, talk about the matchup, some other things that's happening around the tide and the football program and uh, looking forward to what he has to say. Hey, Justin Jones, when I come back, give me some days for Christmas because a lot of people don't know that he got some oh Christmas too. Oh, my goodness gracious. We'll hit him back <laughs> with that. That's all right here. You can only get it one place, and you know it is. It's on the Miller's Edge on the tide, 100.9, WTBC. We are the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. And I know my man Lefty, who lives in Columbia, that I met last night at my wife's Christmas party, big time fan. I think he's tuning in. And so, what's up? We'll be back in a moment. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is just so delightful. And since we've no. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. You gotta love it. It wasn't bad. You gotta love it. I'm, I'm impressed. Listen, man. I didn't, I didn't know about that. He is a dude that can sing the phone book. You just throw something out there, he can. So that's a little bit of Christmas tunes for you if you want to download that on your smartphone as you drive around and listen to my good friend, Darius Rucker. Speaking of good friends, and this music is so, so perfect for this next guest, Stephen M. Smith. Every single Thursday on the edge, in his own words, Bama Standard, Titty. Alabama Magazine. The man is an all-American of the media. He is a stud of breakdown. He got it all. He's a grand to up to 50,000 grand, but he lets us get the interview for free, and we appreciate it. Steven Smith, what's up, my friend? Doing good, guys. I mean, doing good. We got signing day next week, but the bigger news, uh, Jalen Milrow gave the Nation a little Christmas present. <laughs> it was a Christmas present. He was flying over the stadium in a helicopter. What's wrong with him? Like, dude, your insurance don't pay for a copter crashes? Oh. I mean, get, stay out of the helicopter. Why are you doing this? I, 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 mean, I, I, mean, I mean, Corey, he did give the Bama Nation a bit of a heart attack there because I know he was trying to celebrate his 21st birthday. I get it. When you're up there in the copter, when you're up there in the shop up there in the sky, and you're the starting Alabama <laughs> quarterback, 
go bat my neck. He's like, bro, we love your birthday, but please get down. Get down. And I didn't see, hey, here's my thing. I ain't see another pilot up there. Because I know he couldn't land the chopper. Right? <laughs> I'm like, I mean, if I'm I, going I, up I, on I the chopper, I, I, I need two look, pilots. I only saw one guy in the helicopter with Milrow, and the whole time I'm praying, please, man, thank please, man, please, man, get the man down. Yeah, put him down. But I'm like, I, we can't go but so high. I need the fact that if we high enough that we can just hit the ground and I can dive out or something. But anyway, I'm like, what is he doing? But I get it. You know, 21 is a big number. Uh, and he's, we're glad that he's coming back and again, happy birthday to our, our favorite player, Jalen, second favorite, because Chris Baswell is my favorite. Jalen Milrow is my second favorite. All right, let's get right to it, bro. It's Michigan. It's Bama. The hate is real. Kurt Herbstreit getting crushed. People are turning on him, threats and everything else. Conspiracy. We even got politicians using the platform to say they're going to fight this whole thing, man. What in the world is happening? Uh, first and foremost, if you are a government official, if you are a governor, president, if, you, if you're high in government, Please leave football to football people. There are so many other important things in the world for you to do than to get involved with, with, with football, and especially the college football playoff committee. I've said this numerous times. Uh, they made the right choice. The only team that would have a true gripe in this is Georgia, because Georgia is one of the top four teams in the country. Unfortunately, Georgia fell, big, Georgia fell to the wayside of look you lost late versus early. And when you lose late, this is what happens. Versus when you lose early, there is a time to regroup and adjust. So Georgia is the only team that has a gripe. Florida State has no gripe because the committee should have taken you out when Jordan Travis got hurt. They kept you in there, stringing you along, trying to make you feel like TCU 2.0 until at the end they realize, wait a minute, if we really put Florida State in here, we're going to get terrible ratings to the toilet like what happened just a year ago. And if we're really about making money, we don't want that to happen again. So with so much else happening in society today, if you're a government official, please do not cast your net on the side of college football. There's other stuff happening. Yeah, we had Donald Trump at Carolina Clemson game. And boy, that was a fiasco. Watch it on TV. Listen, I'm not even into politics, but I don't care what side of the fence you're on. And we're not taking You know how people are. But you're right. Stay your end somewhere. We can care less. Let us play football. Go ahead, Christian. Hey, the man can't go watch a football game like that. Yeah, watch that as he got like 18 million golf courses and houses. I mean. Now, Christian, Christian, now, in Corey's defense, I, I go back to this. I was at the 2019 game between Bama and LSU. And he came to another one, too, though. Him, him on that first drive, and they panned the camera to President Trump and his wife for about five minutes. And the moment that camera went back to the actual game, the fumble happened and it all kind of unraveled. Ah, hmm. so you think he's bad luck. Yeah, he is bad luck. We I, lost. I feel like he he's came to a Alabama game. I, it I took like me he two to and a half hours to get in the game. Yeah, I feel like he came to a game when I was playing, too. He, was, he did. It was in, in it was in Atlanta, right? Yeah, yeah. I, was, I think he I, was in that yeah, he, I think it was. Yep, yeah, because I it was a Georgia Bama game. Yep, yeah, if I remember, I think it was a championship game. Because if I remember correctly, yeah. the security was because normally, obviously, there's a lot of security with us, you know, getting in there because it's a championship game, big time game. But I remember, I just saw. I mean, there was more police and, and 
armored things and security than I've ever seen. And I was like, what in the world? Then I realized, I was like, oh, man, they, they got uh, Trump here. And I'm like, oh, dang, this is <laughs> – I'm talking about – what are you talking about? I was the most security I've ever seen in my life. But anyway, <laughs> um, and, 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 uh, in terms of Jalen Milrow, he's coming back. I don't think there really was a surprise there. But with that news, Stephen, uh, now that that's, you know, solidified and, and certain, do you feel like there's a chance – we see Ty Simpson's name in the transfer portal anytime soon, or do you think he's mm. going to stick around? Oh. It could it could happen. It, it could happen just due to the fact that, you know, when Ty first came uh, in that 2022 class out of high school, out of Tennessee, he mentioned, I'm going to wait my time, I'm going to be patient, but now you've been in the program two years. Now, of course, he did get some playing time this season. We did see him go out there and make passes, make throws to Jalen Hale, among other playmakers out there. So he does have a little bit of tape, not much. I could also see him sticking around, uh, being around the program another year. We'll, we'll see what happens, especially after this college football playoff. But with Jalen Milrose saying, I am coming back, this is big because it gives Alabama that experienced quarterback returning, and it eases a lot of nerves. And it also puts Milrow in a better spot to where he can clean some more things up of his game and have a better situation for 2025, being potentially you know, a first-round draft pick quarterback. But for Ty Simpson, I could see him going, but I could also see him staying. But I think more clarity for this Christian will come after the playoff. Yeah, I think he's going. I think he's going to be one of those springers first because Georgia's saying it's coming and going to be a practice. I'm just saying. And then that makes Dylan Lonergan uh, a viable uh, number two competition was saying, I think Simpson out, but I think he's doing the, the right thing. Michigan was worried when they saw Alabama. I like the matchup. I just talked about this. They're a team that plays great defense. They're a run football team. Alabama has had their issues. Auburn, LSU, and some others, especially with, with running quarterbacks. How do they stop this Michigan football team, McCarthy and Quorum, of running the football? I think first and foremost, Corey and Christian, you, you got to take Blake Quorum out of it. I mean, Corum is the injured at an offense because they want to give him the football 25 to 30 times a game. This guy's a 1,000-yard back. He's got 24 touchdowns. You remove Blake Corum, that being maintain your gap, have your eye discipline on the right place, and, and making them play from behind the down and distance. J.J. McCarthy, he's good, but he's not athletic to where he scares you. Yes, he has 19 touchdowns to four picks but he's not athletic to where he scares you. And then also, Michigan's got weapons, but there's not that deep threat that puts fear in you also. As opposed to Michigan, Michigan has not faced a true real-time dual-threat quarterback. They haven't faced this yet. So this is going to be their first test. How do we handle a guy like Jalen Milrow? Michigan got a small taste of it dealing with Talia Tongavangoa in Maryland, but Talia doesn't give you the size of Jalen Milrow or the speed of Jalen Milrow. This is a completely different animal Michigan's got to deal with because they didn't get that in the Big Ten. They did not get that challenge from Ohio State. Kyle McCord is good, but he's not what you had with J.T. Barrett or Cardell Jones or C.J. Stroud. So this is going to be a bigger test for Michigan. How do we stop Jalen Milrow? 
Yeah, I think that is going to be the biggest thing for them, definitely. And that's why I think Jalen Milrow's presence and uh, his ability in this game can can really be a difference maker, especially if he has one of those games where, you know, he's making plays with his legs, we're hitting on those shots um, like we've seen throughout the season. Steve, I want to ask you a quick question uh, regarding just kind of transfer portal and just kind of the state of, of kind of these rosters, right? I see that, that Texas A&M, they have an edge guy that's going to be visiting Tuscaloosa this weekend. Uh, is it Fadil? I think it's how you pronounce his name, Diggs? Yeah, Fadil Diggs, yeah. Fadil Diggs, Texas A&M uh, edge guy. Um, always, you know, nice when you can get, you know, add to your, your depth, add, you know, good players. But uh, is it just kind of interesting? I mean, you talk about a, a room where we just signed three or at least two five-stars and a borderline five-star. Talking about Keon Keeley, Yonze Pierre, Quay Roussaw, right? You still got uh, Keanu Cole, uh, Quandarius Robinson, I, I, I want to say, is coming back. And uh, I think Jeremiah Alexander, they moved him to the inside linebacker. However, I get those guys don't necessarily have the experience, but uh, what does that just say about how college football is now? I mean, it just seems like, you know, a room where you would think, I mean, you'd have some type of talent ready at that position. They feel like they got to go and grab another SEC edge guy to, to kind of fill a spot. It's crazy because this is what Coach Saban said from the jump. This was going to make college football NFL free agency, where you can just add to your roster, even though you may not necessarily need to add uh, to your roster. So, so I look at Fadil Diggs, and I can also see Alabama. Do they choose to add, you know, a few more pounds to him and make him a defensive lineman? Especially when you look at you're losing Justin the Boydby after this year. You've lost Isaiah Hastings and Anquin Barnes to the transfer portal. Could you lose other defensive linemen to the portal? That's a possibility. Do you put more weight on, on Diggs, who's 265, and maybe make him a defensive lineman? That could happen. But that, that is a position on that line where Saban can put to the portal in getting the extra guys because you only have two defensive linemen in this class. You look at four-star Jeremiah Beeman and four-star Isaiah Saga. So I look at the defensive line would be a need for Alabama in the portal, not outside linebacks, but defensive line. That's why my question would be, does Alabama choose to add some more pounds there to Fadil Dig and make him a lineman? Yeah, that's a lot, man. And uh, there's some dudes out there because Texas A&M got some studs, especially on the defensive linemen, and I think that's one of the areas that Alabama need to upgrade uh, for sure, especially with Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell probably leaving headed to the National Football League. Stephen M. Smith, brother, my brother, I always appreciate you. I love you. You're awesome. Thanks for giving us your time in his own words. TD, Alabama Magazine, the Bama Standard, many platforms to break down Alabama football and Alabama sports, man. Love you, brother. Thanks again, and hopefully we can see you next week. Absolutely. You guys enjoy your Thursday. I appreciate it. Yes, All sir. right, Stephen M. Smith every week with us here on a Thursday on the Miller's Edge on the Tide 1.9-1230 AM WTBC. Again, sorry I was a little bit tardy today, um, but uh, I'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing, 23 hours. No more doctor visits for a year. Praise the Lord. Great, great uh, uh, stuff today. So I'll fill you in on that later. Now, for Christian Miller, for Justin Jones, for Corey Miller, Pastor of Payne, our great friend Stephen M. Smith and our great friend Darius Rucker here on Kellen Boy's Thursday edition of The Edge. Big news sports coming up next, followed by Mr. Fowler. 
in the game, and they'll take you home for the rest of the day. Have a great rest of your day. Remember, this is the day that the Lord has made. We all, every single day, rejoice and be made glad. God bless you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Miller's Edge, tackling sports daily, always live.